The following is a compilation of three scary stories. Story 1. The White Witch. In the early 80s I lived in Okinawa, Japan. My dad thought that seeing the world would be an adventure that would help my brother and I become better men and I have to say I think he was right. Being in the military showed me cultures men would never get to experience and I am thankful for every experience that that life gave to me, even the scary ones. While we lived in Japan my father wanted us to have a fully immersive experience so he chose to move us into a small Japanese neighborhood off base. We lived in a little house at the top of an enormous hill in a cul-de-sac that overlooked, I kid you not, part of a huge zoo and on one side a fairly large cemetery. Our particular house was set far above the monkey habitats about a mile downhill. Between us and those habitats was nothing but thick Indiana Jones style jungle. Jungle the neighborhood kids and I would tramp through endlessly, ignoring the local warnings about poisonous snakes and ancient untripped mines from World War II. We were the only American family living in that cul-de-sac, completely surrounded by Japanese families and it was amazing. The kids loved us and although we couldn't communicate through language very well, we understood each other perfectly, well, most of the time. Opposite us was an older couple with a lush garden surrounding their property. The older woman wanted us to call her mama-san and she had us helping her garden whenever she could coax us over with green tea and chocolate banana cookies. We loved her. She was so welcoming and generous. As was everyone else. Actually, we lived in a wonderful neighborhood. The only drawback to mama-san home, however, was that she directly overlooked the cemetery. And that cemetery was unlike any cemetery I had ever seen before. Because Okinawa is an island. Burials don't happen very often. Instead above ground crypts are built. Many of them built into the sides of the hills that make up the island. The crypts are large. Made of huge arcs of polished stone set over a large square of that stone which has a square insert cut into the middle of it for the coffin to be placed inside. Once inside the square is inset with another piece of polished stone just inside. Leaving a kind of shelf on the outside so offerings could be made to lost loved ones. Yen. Food. Flowers. Incense are some of the offerings given. Below Marmason house was a valley that swooped back up into another hill opposite her home. That valley and both hills were covered with these crypts and spiderwebbing up and down through the crypts were various stone step pathways that were old and badly maintained. It was quite a sight. One evening Marmason asked me to come visit with her alone. She had something to show me but it was only for me as the older brother. Intrigued and a bit proud. I agreed. She took me to the back of her garden and sat me on a thick wooden bench that was carved with scenes of fishermen and men with swords and told me she had a story to tell. Malmasan then disappeared for a few minutes and soon returned with a tray that held hot green tea and sweet rice cakes. Sitting next to me she smiled and commented on the colors of the evening sky as the sun began to lower. Malmasan said she had seen me, my brother and some other kids daring each other to follow a stairway path down into the cemetery. You have to understand. The path from our little home area down to the cemetery consisted of hundreds of steps, many broken or cracking, in and out of bushes and at a steep incline. It would be dangerous for anyone but the real test was seeing how long we could take walking through the crypts at night. Malmasan wanted to explain why that was a bad idea. Many years ago, during the war, Americans were thought to be devils, monsters that would murder innocent citizens for no reason other than to kill. That fear was the product of wartime propaganda used to encourage young men to military service and farmers to fight alongside them. But many didn't. Many ran. And with nowhere to go. Nowhere to hide. 
Hundreds of Japanese citizens hurled themselves off of a cliffside rather than face torture at the hands of their perceived enemy. I was terrified at hearing this. I had no idea this had happened. I was mortified and hit with such sadness I started to cry. The sun was setting and the sky went from pink and blue to a deep orange and red. Malma-san reached out and held my hand telling me not to worry. This was in the past and the past is something we must always remember so we never go back. She went on with her story. One young woman had followed through with this sacrifice with her two children. But she survived the fall. She was in a coma for months. When she did regain consciousness she was horrified to realize she was not with her children. They had been buried somewhere in that cemetery below. In an unmarked crypt that held many others. The woman would spend days and nights searching the cemetery. Crying in pain. The torment of her loss unbearable. Until the day she threw herself into the ocean to hopefully be reunited with her lost family. But they say she never found her children. Her act of suicide doomed her to purgatory. She would remain tortured for eternity. The sun had disappeared. The cemetery drowned in inky blackness. The main path dotted with dim broken lights feebly illuminating small areas. Malma-san continued. She still wanders the cemetery. She said, looking for her kids. You can hear her crying. And then she pointed down. I didn't want to but I did. I looked. In the back of the cemetery. In the darkness. There was a white figure. At first a bright. White shimmer. Moving slowly. Kind of shaking. It moved from side to side. Like it was moving among the crypts and you could. Actually. Hear the crying. Softly at first but then low moans and whimpers of pain as it got closer. I was terrified. I wanted to run but Mama San held my hand and whispered that she wouldn't come up here. We were too far. But that is why we shouldn't go down there after dark. She said men who don't know her story and call her the white witch which angers her. It's best to stay away. It's best to pray for her. Mama San said she comes out to see her often. Hoping one day she will find her salvation. Needless to say, I never went down to that cemetery. Not once. And I never sat back there with Mama San again either. That was enough for me. I did. However. Visit Suicide Hill. It's called Peace Prayer Park now out of respect. I cried the whole time we were there. I prayed for all the souls and for forgiveness. So many Japanese citizens spoke to us. Welcoming us. Telling us stories. Sharing with us. I didn't feel worthy and my love for the country and its people was overwhelming. I'll never forget my time there. I'd like to go back. To see if she's still there. Wandering the graves. Looking for her children. Story 2. Bought my first house and found out it was haunted. I bought my first house in 2003 and was over the moon. Shortly after moving in, two of my neighbors began joking with me about the ghost in my house. Well, I thought they were joking so I just played along pretending I had seen one and it was no big deal. Well, as time went on that summer, I met more and more of my neighbors and they all brought up the same topic. Finally an elderly woman on the block who was quite kind and friendly told me story after I'd asked her. I knew she wasn't going to screw with my head which is why I asked in the first place. Turned out the previous owner purchased the home and never lived there because she said it was haunted. Sounds in the night of footsteps and sobbing. And glimpses of a man sitting in the kitchen covered in blood. One of my neighbors helped with the renovations of the house and said that he was putting up drywall when he felt something lift up his dreadlocks. Though I've had paranormal experiences before, it had been years, and by then I just chalked it up to night terrors. 
One day I went to a small neighborhood video store to rent a movie. I had to fill out a form with my demographic data, and then my credit card info the owner of the store looked at the form and said, oh my god. You live in that house I asked her what she meant and she explained that her former employee had committed suicide in my house. She came to the house as soon as she'd heard but the house had been taped off my police as a potential crime scene. She told me that he had just moved into the house with his partner and called his mum because he wanted to invite her over to meet his partner and come out to her. This was in the early 90s when being gay was a big deal. His mother already knew he was gay, because he bought a house with a man and disowned him right over the phone that same week he received a letter from an HIV testing center stating he had tested positive for HIV this is when HIV was a death sentence. He then sat at the kitchen table, ate a bowl of cereal, and shot himself in the head with a revolver. Since then, she has had multiple paranormal experiences in the store, with videos flying off shelves and even levitating off shelves. The most I have experienced is sounds at night, sounds of Cheerios being poured into a bowl, I don't eat cereal, and sounds of sobbing in the kitchen. I often awaken to both. I remember my grandmother saying, when the dead come to you, they want something, perform an act of charity in their name and pray for them so I did. I sat down at the kitchen table one night, and lit a candle and told him that each night I would recite a novena prayer for him before a lit candle. On the ninth night of the first novena to Saint Anthony patron son of lost souls, I heard uncontrollable sobbing, I felt a strong presence of grief and despair, and the sound of hyperventilating breathing, as though someone could not catch their breath. I sat in the presence of this knowing it was not malignant, but rather a connection of intimacy and compassion of which he was in need, for 45 days I said a novena prayer before a lit candle for his soul, and had a mass said in his name. A few times I had awakened to feel his presence standing over my bed, but knew it was not a malignant presence. This still happens from time to time, but less and less frequently. Story 3. My daughter's imaginary friend in 2013 my wife and I divorced and we both moved into separate homes. The divorce went well and we are still good friends to this day partly because we have a daughter together. We agreed to split custody over our daughter and I rented an old house in a historic district in the city where we live. It was a very pretty home, built in 1935 but kept up very well. I would have my daughter two weeks at a time and she had a bedroom in the back of the house. She was three years old at the time and I kept noticing her talking to her friend. One day I found her in a little closet talking to someone and I remember her saying she was talking to another little girl named Betty. I have no idea where she heard the name Betty as she was only 3 years old, but I just chalked it all up to a child's vivid imagination. Keep in mind, I am a single dad to a little girl. I really have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to dressing, hair, or just little girl stuff in general. Her mother is good at that stuff, but not me. I put my daughter to bed one night after her bath. I remember brushing her hair that night but that was all I did. The very next morning, her mum came to pick her up from my house and my daughter was just waking up. Her mum went back to her bedroom to find my daughter's hair was fixed in two perfect French braids. Her mum was real proud of me at first that I had done her hair so cute but I told her I didn't and couldn't do that. I can't even braid her hair much less do perfect French braids. We asked our daughter how her hair got fixed and she told us that Betty had done it during the night. I broke the contract on the rental agreement and moved out within the next month. 
If you enjoyed please feel free to give me a follow and contact me for any specific stories you would like me to cover in the future. I really enjoy reading into scary stories and missing person cases.